It's happening again. Welcome to Work Cookie, a CBOT podcast. As we broadcast around the world, get bite-sized morsels and tidbits from our industrial organizational psychologists, other experts, and the latest research on the workplace to boost your organization's effectiveness. Sign up now at seabock.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from our experts. Don't forget to check out our corporate career boost recruiter, and even student memberships at seabock.com. This is Dr. Jeremy Locobal, Industrial Organizational Psychology Consultant, seabock.com. You can also visit my website at turnboot.com, turnboot.com. All right. Managing up in a virtual world. I have this handy little tool where I can search and find out what's on people's minds. What are the most frequent questions that are asked? And managing up in a virtual world is something that comes up quite frequently. So I thought this would be a good podcast topic. Very familiar with managing up and I've coached others on it. Maybe I can add some value here to the audience. One of the first things that popped up is an article from Forbes titled 10 Tips to successfully manage up in a virtual world. So I began skimming through the article and wow, uh, as you, most of you know, I like to find out what is out there, look at things in a critical way and think how can we do things better? The person writing the article seems to describe managing up as simply maintaining and cultivating an effective relationship with your boss. That's not managing up. That is being a good employee. Yes, managing up, of course, includes that, but the author of this article tends to take managing up only on onto this level. Managing up is more or less coaching your boss. Managing up is helping your boss grow in certain areas and being there as a support system as well, and also filling in for your boss's weaknesses. That is managing up. So the majority of this article, and it struck me a little bit because many people read Forbes. If they're looking at this and they hear people in the workplace say, manage up, manage up, manage up, have to manage up, they may be missing out on, hey, is it really true that I could be my boss's boss? Because basically that's what managing up is, but in a more tactful how you do it way. So reading this article, a lot of people might be missing out on what managing up really is. So let's go through a few of these 10 tips and do a little bit of critical analysis and maybe, maybe just have a little fun with it. Tip number one of managing up with my air quotes is stay connected. Yes, of course you want to stay connected. Make an extra effort to communicate with your boss on a daily basis. Yes you should make that extra effort, but it all goes back to the beginning. Making that extra effort to communicate. Look, if you're successfully managing up, you're not gonna need to make that extra effort because your boss is coming to you. Now, many of you are probably shaking your heads thinking, look, my boss is never going to be coming to me. This is how it works though. When you're managing up, you're providing value 
and you are coaching, helping your boss so that they become to rely on you. More or less, you become a coach consultant to your boss. Many of you may be thinking, look, I'm a low person on the totem pole. There is no way I can ever get my boss to listen to me. Here's the quickest thing that you can do to get your boss to listen to you, or better yet, to confide in you. And I don't mean spill their guts about all the bad things that are going on and have a complaining session, but rather I mean having them see you as a partner and as a coach. The main thing you can do is to allow your boss to feel heard and understood. Now I know many of you are thinking, oh man, what does that mean? It's very easy. I say this often, we are social beings, but we are some of the worst communicators. We're not that good at actual effective communication. I feel on a day-to-day basis that many of us would bode much better if we simply did the opposite of what our knee-jerk reaction told us to during a communication interaction. The next time you do have an interaction with your boss and your boss is sharing something that's important, all you have to do is repeat what your boss just said, giving your boss clarification that he or she has been heard. Also, rephrase what your boss just said back to your boss which will help him or her feel understood. Now, what if your boss says something that you don't agree with? What if your boss says something horrible about someone else? What if your boss has a toxic viewpoint on something and you feel like you are caught in the middle between a rock and a hard place and you have the choice of either agreeing with your boss, which would go against your values, morals, and soul, or you could disagree with your boss verbally, which would get you into hot water and onto someone's bad side, or you stay silent, which doesn't bring you any closer to your boss and certainly doesn't add any value for your boss. Here's something you can do. When your boss makes a statement that you you wholeheartedly disagree with and you feel caught in the middle, you can simply say, it sounds like you've really thought about that. Your boss will feel heard and understood and he or she will take over the conversation. Think of a tennis match. You're just gently, nicely hit of that ball back over the net back to your boss. Your boss may say something like, I really don't appreciate part-time workers. They haven't earned their way, and I think they're below me. You might simply say, hmm, sounds like you've really thought about that a lot. Then you stay silent. Your boss will continue to explain themselves, speak, and try to either justify their unfortunate viewpoint or spend some time walking it back. But what happens now is you're building some trust in this relationship with your boss. Think about how this works. Now, if you think, hey, how much good could this really do? How could this help me in the relationship with my boss? How about this? How about you compare and contrast with what other people are doing and whether or not they are truly 
effective. Who's in a better position? The person that disagrees verbally or stays silent? You are in a better position. And who's in a better position? You are the person who goes along with it and goes along with that unfortunate remark. People respect others who do not go along with everything they say when they do it in a respectful and a tactful way that broadens their perspective, especially leaders. Believe me, leaders have enough people telling them, yes, great idea. What great insight. Let's do it that way. They have enough yes people that when that one person comes along and offers a different perspective without offering a different perspective, or even better yet, allows them to expand on their idea and think more deeply into that idea with only a couple words. That is how you build a relationship with your boss and you build respect. Now we have to give people a little bit of leeway, especially leaders in organizations. People who are not salaried may think, ah, oh, my managers, their salary, they don't do anything. They kick their, feet, kick their feet up on a desk all day. People who are salaried think, why do they think this? I bring my work home with me. I'm on call almost 24-7. I'm checking emails and responding emails before I go to bed. And I have the stress of everyone I lead on me at all times. So it's a matter of perspective in some cases. No matter what position you are in an organization, if you're a CEO, if you're a part-time server, if you're a middle manager, perspective matters. And it matters to understand the perspective of the other person, seeing through their lens. Now, the manager, the person making that unfortunate comment about the part-time workers, who knows, maybe they really don't feel that way. Maybe that's the message that they get from their boss and that's the group think. Maybe it's been drilled into their head so much that they just happen to say it because they want that message to get back to their boss that they agree with them because they think that will get them into their good graces. Again, this is where managing up comes into play. Filling in for your boss's weaknesses, giving your boss strength where they don't have it while helping them to build and strengthen what their weaknesses are. So number two of the managing up tips is keep them in the loop. Keep your boss up to date with your projects and your work streams. Don't assume that your boss knows what you have accomplished or what you've worked on. Folks, this has nothing to do with managing up. Allowing your boss to be more of a micromanager by saying, here, by the way, look what I've been up to. Aren't I doing a good job? I, I want to keep you up to date with my accomplishments. That's not managing up. That's saving your own hide. Managing up is doing things to add value to your boss, not to add value to yourself. Some of you know about the system I have about what to do in regards to perspective before any conversation that you have. And one of the goals is you focus on helping the other person out. Use this sentence and fill in the blanks. I will do blank for my boss, which he or she will appreciate. The key here is which he or she will 
actually appreciate it. Think about this. A baby cries. You want the baby to stop crying. Your perspective should not be, I'm going to give the baby a bottle so the baby stops crying. The perspective should be, I'm going to give the baby a bottle because baby wants a bottle. By default, the baby just happens to stop crying, which helps you out as well. When you focus on what the other person wants and needs, that's when you start to mentally get it. And when you start to mentally get it, that's when your brain will start to form these bumpers. Like when you were a kid and you went to the bowling lanes and they would put those bumpers in the gutters so that no matter how bad you were, or even if you drop the ball on your big toe and it slowly rolls down the lane, after about 18 minutes it finally gets there, it's still going to hit some pins because those bumpers, those rails were in the gutters so that you hit some pins. This is what this is. It's about getting these blockades in the gutters of your brain so that your brain can help you actually be effective. And once you do this work up front, your brain's going to do the work behind the scenes so that you do not even have to actively think about it during your conversation. Again, change your focus from, I want this to happen, to, I want to help this person by doing X, which they will truly appreciate. So we can see how I don't necessarily agree with this number two, keep them in the loop as far as managing up. Yes, that's being ineffective an employee, and that's important to do, but it does not have anything to do with managing up, which is adding extra unforeseen, unexpected value to your boss to help them in a more or less coaching manner, which they will actually appreciate. All right, number three on this list is be transparent. It's important to be transparent to your boss about your schedule, work style, etc. Agreed. Let your boss know when you're available and when you're not. Disagree. That's being a good employee. That's for you. That's not managing up. Ongoing. This requires some negotiation, such as managing healthcare, etc. Again, that's about what you need, the flexibility you need. This has nothing to do with managing up. This has no place here. I don't understand why it's a top tip for managing up. And in Forbes magazine, it's not what your boss needs. The flexibility that you need have nothing to do with working and, and helping to fill in some of your boss's shortcomings, helping them feel, helping your boss feel heard and understood, etc. Managing up is asking yourself, what pains my boss on a daily basis? And what can I do that my boss will truly appreciate? And what is my boss not that good at? And how could I very tactfully help my boss in this, in the, to help out with that, that my boss will truly appreciate. Remember, just being there to listen and reflect is very, very important. Think about it this way. How many times have you been on a phone call and you rant and rave, rant and rave, rant and rave, rave while the other person on the other end of the line doesn't say a word? 
They're probably washing dishes, not even really paying attention to what you say. But at the end of the conversation, you say, wow, that really helped. Thanks for listening. I think I solved a little bit of my problem. Consider this. Let's say you are on your way to work in a non-virtual world and you get in a fender, fender bender. Well, what's going to happen? You're probably going to tell 15 to 20 people the exact same story over and over again. And what do you get in response? They'll say, oh, that was terrible. Oh, did you get their insurance information? Oh, did the police come? Oh, are you injured? Oh, you should get a lawyer. Oh, did you at least get checked out? There's nothing really effective that comes out of that. They're saying the same things over and over. You're hearing the same things over and over, and you're telling them the same thing over and over. Yes, there is the social need for communication, and I get it, but what is the true benefit? What if instead someone that you're talking to says, sounds like you had a rough morning. Yeah, it was rough. Then that might lead into you telling more about what happened your morning during your morning. And maybe they say, wow, you mentioned something good in there that happened before the accident. Tell me more about that. And then you tell them about this nice moment. And then maybe they say, hmm, maybe it wasn't actually a terrible morning altogether. Maybe you actually saved their entire mood for the day and quite frankly, saved your company a lot of time from this storytelling over and over and over again. What if you asked real questions to help out the person who had the fender bender? What if you asked, you know, hey, what were the conditions when you were driving? What was your emotion right after it happened? What were you thinking? What were you doing right before? Maybe you get them thinking more deeply about what happened than their immediate knee-jerk reaction to what happened. Maybe you start to allow that person to really think about, wow, what was going on before this fender bender? And start thinking about this in a more deep way. They might think about how their heart was racing, etc., to help better understand what that situation is. This helps them process this on a different level. Again, this is why this is important. If you get in a fender bender, you'll complain all day. You tell the same story over and over. What are you really looking for? You're looking to feel heard and understood, but you're gonna get surface level all day. What you really want is to be able to process the event. That's what you really want. You wanna process the event so you can let it go and you wanna get on with your life. But you get surface level comments all day long so you never fully get closure, you never fully process. You never get someone helping you lead a conversation with you to a place better than what it's normally going to go with the simple back and forth that you normally get. Think about how this might work with your boss and when you are managing up. Your boss is going to have events that stress them out that they could talk about like a fender bender all day long. If you can ask the right questions and say the right phrases, which include how and what questions, questions that start with what and how, if you can use empathy, if you can simply paraphrase back to them, repeat back a word or two from the last sentence that they said, simple yet seemingly difficult. That's how you build trust. And that's how you build a relationship with your boss. That's how you build a relationship that is more of a confidant coaching relationship, respectful relationship with your boss. And that, my dear friends, is managing up. We're close to the 22-minute mark. I like to keep the podcast short. Again, these are bite-sized morsels and tidbits on workplace and human behavior. 
about the time if you are happening to commute to work 22 minutes is a pretty good average plus if you're working from home plenty of time to listen to this podcast while you brush your teeth take a shower and get ready for the day thanks for listening to this episode of work cookie a seabock podcast don't forget to sign up at seabock.com that's s-e-b-o-c.com to engage with our community gain a sense of belonging access our other media and get rapid advice from experts. Would it be a bad idea to make your most challenging workplace problems go away? Don't forget to check out our corporate, career boost, recruiter, and even student memberships at seabock.com.